Get out of here with them weak weak ass shoes, yo. What's going on, guys? We're back with episode six of season two of Balls Deep. Uh, if you are familiar, obviously, I'm Jovan, uh, joined by my co-host Devin. It's another episode of Balls Deep. Um, obviously, thank you for continuing to follow us. Uh, but before we start this episode, and we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the MLB mostly, or I think um, only the MLB. Um, we do want to start the episode by saying, obviously, RP to uh, Hank Aaron, uh, one of the best, you know, baseball players to ever grace the the diamond. Uh, he died at 86 um, this past week. Um, I believe he's second all-time home runs, over 3,000 hits. I mean, any baseball fan knows the name Hank Aaron. Um so obviously we just want to extend our condolences out to, you know, his family and the baseball community and baseball fans everywhere. Uh, what, what's, what's crazy, too, is how talented people, you know, how talented he was and people don't really necessarily give him the credit. But the guy would still have over 3,000 hits if you take away his seven home run, 700 yeah. home runs. Seven, or 700 plus home runs, I should say. He would still be a 3,000 uh, hitter, which is it blows your mind that how great he was in terms of offense, but defensively he was, you know, really good too. So yeah. he's one he's of the best. He's all time great, you know. So for sure, always... it's just to see, sad to see him yeah. go, especially at 86. Yeah. He still had some time to, you know. About. Yeah, but it, it definitely sucks seeing a giant like that go. Uh, so, you know, we at Balls Deep definitely extend our our sorries and our condolences to the MLB community as well as Hank Aaron and, you know, his family. So uh, that's the start. Um, and to move on from that, the Padres acquired um, Pirates starting pitcher Musgrove in a three-team trade. Um, so obviously we talked a little bit about the Padres, our last MLB episode. Um, we were talking about how the Padres were getting better really everywhere. Uh, you know, they they already, you know, showed that they were starting to get better last season. You know, with the additions they added, specifically to that lineup, they already had a good pitching staff. Now they're adding more pitching. Uh, so how do you like this uh, addition to the Padres? It just shows that they're being aggressive and they're trying to compete with the you know, reigning champions, Dodgers, who happen to be in their division. I mean, the Dodgers are the team to beat. And one thing about the Dodgers, they have really good bats in their lineup. So the, what's one way to, you know, beat really good bats? Really good yeah. pitching. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and they already went out and they acquired you, Darvish, Blake Snell, who were, you know, aces in their own rights and on their on their you know respective teams then you go out and go get joe musgrove for barely literally little to nothing they didn't really give up uh a lot they didn't give up a top 10 prospect it um in return for musgrove 
which just shows that, you know, the pirates are rebuilding. They're looking towards the future. And Musgrove, you got someone who is, you know, could be an ace on any other team or at least a number two who's going to be at least your number three or four in your rotation. So, and that's to, you know, back up their their really good offense that they, you know, are are building from, from last season with, you know, Machado and uh, Tatis and everyone else in that lineup. So it just shows that they're not a team that you want to mess with at the moment. And I'd probably say they're probably a reliever or two away from, you know, being one of those top teams. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm inclined to say that they might be already there. I think uh, a reliever right now would be the icing on the cake for them um, and definitely put them over that hump of, like, having to really worry about it. But, um, you know, like you said, the Dodgers have, you know, bat after bat in that lineup. And when you want to beat them, you're going to have to have, you know, a good starting rotation as well as a good bullpen. And, I mean, the Padres kind of bolstered on their their starting lineup last year um, and have – you know, only got made their pitching that much better this year. So um, now they have the bats to be able to compete with, you know, a Dodgers pitching staff who um, has has declined, uh, you know, skillfully in the last few years. But also you you have, you know, you bolstered down that starting rotation as well as that bullpen to be able to compete with that lineup, especially for a seven-game series. It's so crucial that you have um, – well, with the possibility of facing a team like the Dodgers in the seven-game series, um, you know, now you have the bullpen and the starting rotation to, you know, really not have to worry about who you got going on any given night uh, because you really have a, sure. really an ace on, on a lot of teams coming out, you know, three or four three or four nights out of, you know, out of the week. So, um you know, pops to the Padres, it looks like they're buying and they're really trying to go all in to try to, you know, bring their team to glory, which is good, um, especially for a team that hasn't really seen it uh, that much as of late. Um, it's definitely a, a fresh face uh, in the MLB, at least yeah. as of late. So it's good, definitely good to see. It was definitely, it's definitely reminiscent of when, you know, the Astros went out and got Zach Greinke. Because um, now you, they had Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Greinke, all three who can be aces on probably most teams, if not person. all. Um, yeah, so that's a three-headed monster uh, that's very scary that's backed up by a really stacked lineup. So it's a fresh face, like you said, because it's the San Diego Padres. It's not a big market. But I'm... I'm looking forward to, you know, what what this team has in store. I think probably the only team in the NL right now that I'm, you know, reluctant to say will beat them is the Dodgers. And that's the team to beat. So you have the Braves out in the NL. Um, and, and we have the Nationals, Nationals. now. Yeah. So, so those are probably the top four teams in the NL. And... It's it's gonna yeah, be a war. It's, it's gonna there, definitely man. make the NL a lot uh, deeper, a lot more interesting, uh, even in earlier rounds for sure. Yeah, uh, and and to think about it too is Musgrove has is a career, I believe, four 
He's a career 433 ERA, which isn't terrible, but it's not the greatest. But you got to think about it, too. He was playing on the Pirates, who, you know, who didn't really have the offense that this Padres team does. So maybe maybe his numbers improve uh, moving forward. But or even just getting the run support, you know what I mean, from your offense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also... It, 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 it takes a lot of pressure off yeah, of a pitcher. Um, and someone and someone that played the position, I'm obviously not in the MLB, but <laughs> it makes your job easier when you have a really good defense behind you or even a very good offense. It's very relieving because you don't have to focus on, you know, getting everybody out. You, you can put trust and be re- reliant on your yep. teammates to, you know, help you out. So uh, with that being said, we're moving on to some more pitching. Um the Yankees, our Yankees, finally made a move. Um, they were quiet all offseason uh, outside of these little, you know, dink and dunk signings. But they went out. They re-signed uh, DJ LeMahieu. And we were, you know, in relief that he's coming back. But they didn't stop there. They didn't stop there. They went out and got Corey Kluber um, on a one-year deal for $11 million. And, yes, that might mean that Tanaka is out. Um, but Tanaka was seeking more money than we signed Kluber for. Kluber, I guess, looked really well in his uh, pitching uh, tryout, you can say, with uh, Yankee scouts in in uh, attendance. And he has a familiar face uh, on the Yankee staff, which was very, I guess, he, it made him more relieved and more comfortable with signing with us. Um I think it's a great bargain. Yes, he missed last season due to injury uh, or most of the season, but he was a top pitcher uh, last full season he had. Uh, when he was with the Indians, he was a beast. He he gave the Yankees some problems, and I think it's a great bargain. It's low risk, high reward. It's a one-year deal, and he's not your ace. He's going to be your number two behind Cole. A solid number two. I mean, like you said, he was an ace. Uh, um, just just a few years ago, his last full healthy season, he was you know one of the better one of the best pitchers in the MLB. Um, so obviously having him as your number two guy, or even if even if by chance the way the lineup falls in the five or seven game series, you have to put him out there in a game five or a game seven. He's a guy you definitely can trust. Um, and with with that being said, I mean it's funny because after we had that little segment about the Yankees, it seemed like they started to get things going. A little bit, so it was definitely good to see um, them, you know, make some moves and not just remain stagnant. Um, obviously, coming into the off season, everybody knows how good the Yankees bats are. Uh, everybody knows that they've got players galore that they can move within the inside uh, infield and the outfield. Um, they have a great bullpen, but it was becoming really hard to determine who you were going to have out there on the mound any given night, uh, especially come playoff time. Um, and so now having yeah. Kluber um, to go along with Garrett Cole, um, obviously the the missing of Tanaka is going to suck, um, even with the signing of Kluber, because I've always felt like regardless of how you know inconsistent you may have felt Tanaka was during the regular season, um, playoff time, he really kind of bolstered down and became a solid guy. So, um, you know, I'm For hoping sure. that the Yankees could definitely make a couple more moves. They did get uh, Jamison Tyler from the Pirates. Um, 
which was also another solid move. So they're definitely taking their starting pitching seriously. Um, we'll see how that rotation looks come beginning of the season. I feel like there's still more work that needs to be done, but it's definitely good to see your oh, team sure. not remain stagnant when you know from watching them night in and night out that they need some help. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. excited. I'm very excited. If Kluber is anything like he was when he was at the top of his game or even anywhere close, 90%, that's a nice one-two punch with Cole and Kluber. I mean, he's a career. he has a career ERA of 316. Um, his last full season was 2018, and his ERA was 289, and right before that was 225. Which was his career Sarah high. Stone Cold, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's phenomenal. And if he's anything like that, the rotation, just the one-two punch alone, is scary. Yes, I'm going to miss Tanaka for the same reason you just said. But also the fact that the guy just said if he doesn't sign with the Yankees, he's going back yeah. to Japan. The loyalty... <laughs> The loyalty. I like. I wanted him back, but for what he's asking for, it's just not worth it. But then the Yankees were rumored to, you know, go ahead and go get Castillo from the Reds. So you know, Yankee Yankee Twitter blew up <laughs> to the point where you know, that everyone thought the trade went through and Castillo was a Yankee, and the the Reds GM had to come out and <laughs> shut it down. They're like, no, no. But I guess in trade talks, they asked for Glaber Torres, which boggles me because it seems like every time the Yankees try to acquire an uh, asset from someone, first thing out of their mouth is that they want Torres and they know Torres is off the table. So they know as soon as they mention it, the Yankees aren't going to you know continue th- with those conversations. Yeah. Like It's almost like they don't want to work with us and then next thing you know, they go ahead and trade that a- same asset for a bag of chips. Like when we had the best offer and we, we would have gave them they just don't want to. They would get. We would give them their best, the best offer, but they don't want to, you know, work yeah. with us. But then Yankees turned around and got talent from the Pirates for four prospects that weren't even top ten in their in their farm. So I'm excited. Him and Cole played together with the Pirates. We already seen the last time the, the the Pirates let go of a pitcher how how well and successful he turned out. So. If he can turn out to be just like that last guy that I'm speaking of, um, <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> so the Yankees got a three-headed monster that I'm excited for. And then you got to think about it. Severino is going to come back eventually when he um, recovers from surgery. Like, Talon's is coming off of surgery, but it's a low-risk, high-reward. The guy's salary is not that much, so it's good. Then you have – he's going to be your three or your four, depending on where you place Sevy coming out of uh, injury. Then you have Garcia, you have Montgomery, you have uh, Herman coming back. That's a solid rotation um, for the season, even with without Sevy. The only thing they're missing is bullpen. And and when I mean bullpen, I think they need at least one or two more arms in the bullpen, especially now that they just traded Adam yeah. Adovino. I mean Adam Adovino, mind you, didn't do well with the Yankees last season like we hope for, which is why we're trading him because we needed to open up cap space. Just coincidentally, he's a New York guy and he's going to Boston. And it's probably the first, well, it's one of the very only uh, 
in like in, uh, interdivisional trades that you know has went on in MLB history. Well, they said it was but, the first Yankees Red Sox trade in seven years. So <laughs> yeah, so it's it's an anomaly you can say, uh, but the guy that said he would strike out the Bambino <laughs> is now joining the Bambino and playing for both the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did because his career went downhill after that. <laughs> so, but um, he lived out his dreams being a Yankee, and then next thing you know, he's a Red Sox. So, <laughs> so he lived out his dream and his nightmare in uh, less than a, a year. But I think we need at least one more bullpen uh, guy. I'm there's a a guy out there by the name of David Robertson that we are very familiar with that we can go out and get. Uh, but there's also a guy out there that's throwing out hints. He's throwing out hints and coming to New York and Yankee fans on Twitter seem to be excited for him. Uh, and I don't know, honestly, a lot about him. So I'm just going to be honest, but I'm trusting Yankee Twitter and I hope that if we do get him, he plays well. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know if you know who I, I'm talking about. The but at the top, I didn't hear the. Out the top of my head, I can't uh, think of his name. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you know in a few seconds. But what his name with is. that being said, uh, a player that we also uh, spoke a little bit about on our last MLB episode as well was outfielder George Springer of the Houston Astros. Um, he still hadn't signed anywhere yet. Um, but he recently agreed to a six-year, $150 million deal with the Blue Jays. Um, he was very uh, impressed by Toronto's aggressive pursuit. Um, the Mets offered around six years, $120, $125 million, And, you know, the Blue Jays just sweetened the deal for him. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, wanting him to come closer to home because it seemed like something that he might want to do. Uh, we were hoping it wasn't the Red Sox because it's – the Red Sox, it's interdivisional, uh, but now it's the Blue Jays. I mean, he 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 grew up a he grew, yeah, up, he grew up a Red Sox, Sox fan, fan, but now and he's I, in Toronto, and I literally which is said, still, still closer to home. I literally said I didn't want him in the AL East. <laughs> I need, I did, well, I he said, said that. that he wanted to come closer to home, and he listened because he's still not far. He's just up north in Toronto. Um, six years, one hundred fifty million. Um, obviously, an amazing signing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, what do you think? What do you think about the? Uh, Signing of George Springer to Toronto. I was, as soon as he signed, I immediately just got flashbacks to our episode when I said, <laughs> I do not want him in the AL East because, you know, he gives the Yankees problems every yeah. time we play him. But being a new brand kid, I'm happy for him. Regardless if you went to the AL East, regardless of even if you went to the Red Sox, I'm happy for the guy. He got his money. He got his cheddar. You know, he got he got what he deserved. He he, you know, busted his ass from high school to college to college to the pros, and then when he got to the pros, he made a name for himself. And not only did he win a World Series, he was the World Series MVP. And then he not only just won the MVP, he came back home, and he donated to basically his roots. So he's. I don't know him personally, but the guy he the guy seems like he has a good head yeah. on his shoulders, and he's a very humble guy. So I'm happy for him. It's a really good signing. It hurts as a Yankee fan because I know we got to play him 
consecutively all the time now, more more than usual. But as a, for the Blue Jays, I think it's an amazing signing. You got a great center. You got a great centerpiece for that team for your lineup. Um, it's already a young roster that's up and coming, and they might. So I I'm gonna say the Yankees are the number one team in the division, even though they didn't win the division last year. I think the Rays took a step back in terms of trading Blake Snell. So I think the Blue Jays are right there with the race in that division. And I think they're going to make a playoff push just with how they're currently constructed. And they're not even done yet. Because as you've seen, uh, there's rumors that they might go out and get Chris Bryant. They're, they're again in a bidding war, you can say, with the Mets for another player in Chris Bryant. So if you add a player like Chris Bryant to that lineup, that's another solid bat. Yeah, um, I agree. I like the signing by the Blue Jays. I like the fact that they were aggressive. Um, they know that they have a lot of good young talent on that team with, you know, Bo Bichette and, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, you know, Kavan Biggio. Like, they have a good young roster, especially in their in their lineup. Uh, so adding the likes of George Springer is going to be huge for them. Uh, we all know how talented a player George Springer is it doesn't hurt that he's a great person uh but he is or seems like a great person I don't know him personally either but um you know he's a talented player the Blue Jays you know want clearly wanted you know a guy like George Springer to come around who's going to be great for the locker room as well uh you know being that he did win a championship while he was over in Houston and so he kind of knows what it takes to have that championship mentality especially with this young locker room of guys um, as talented a player he is and as, you know, experienced a player as he is, he's going to be great for that locker room in terms of, you know, kind of uh, leading that locker room in the right direction um, right for right now and trying to, you know, at least even just make it out of the, out of the East, um, at least for right now, you know, set, set their goals, you know, a little bit low. But, you know, they're, they're, they're a really young team and they're starting to, you know, Poster down and become really talented. So I like the signing for the Blue Jays. Um, it's a little bit smaller of a market, but it's making the MLB a lot more competitive now that, you know, the talent is kind of spreading out, um, especially a guy like George Springer who's so consistent. And so it is going to suck to have to face him uh, more consistently in the AL East. However, like I said, with the Blue Jays kind of being a younger team on the up and coming, it's going to be nice to have to not face him in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, as often. So, um. <laughs> but but if you see Vlad Vlad Jr., Vlad Jr. lost yeah. some weight. He looks good um, in terms of, you know, improving from last season. And then they, the, the Blue Jays try to not stop there either because they try to get, com- get, you know, George Springer comfortable and getting situated by going out and grabbing his, you know, good pal, Michael Brad, um Bradley, Michael uh, not Michael, Michael Brantley, um, and he signed with the Blue Jays, and then the Astros were like, not so quick, not so quick, and they went out and re-signed him as soon as Brent Springer left. So he did a, you know, I want to say Frank Gore, when Frank Gore signed with the Eagles yeah. that one year, and then, you know, he did that reverse. <laughs> He's like, skirt, and he went out he and signed with DeAndre someone else. Jordan. I ain't signed on the dotted line yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they they try to you know get him situated uh, very comfortably, but that didn't work out. But they went out and signed the closer in Kirby Yates, who's going to be a solid signing for that bullpen. Um, so 
this team is almost I wanna I wanna put them in, in the I wanna put I wanna say they're the Padres of last year. So they, because the Padres went out and got Machado, even though he doesn't have that championship pedigree like uh, Springer does, you went out and made a big signing to a young roster, which is going to help speed up the development of the rest of the roster. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a show in the AL East in particular, but the MLB it's not as wide open. Well, it's more wide open than it was last year. Last year, everyone was like, it's the Yankees or the Dodgers. The Yankees or Dodgers. Those might be the favorites again, but there's more teams in the running for There's more obvious the contenders this, now, this definitely. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot bigger playing field. It doesn't seem as uh, easy a pick to go Yankees or Dodgers now with, you know, even teams within their division kind of competing with them. You know, that being the Padres last year to the Dodgers and the Rays last year, you know, you know, beating the Yankees out for the ALE. So um, that'll be huge. I wouldn't be surprised to go as far as saying even the Blue Jays might be able to finish third ahead of the Sox next year. Um, you know, they're really trying to uh, put a team around yeah. this young, you know, this this young up and coming lineup that they got going. Um, so it, it's definitely good to see. We'll see how. We'll see y'all so, plays out next year. Before we move forward, I found out who it was. I, it came <laughs> to me. I, I looked. I looked. I went to my Twitter sources, and it's Rosenthal. Oh. Rosenthal was who I was referring to in, in terms of the Yankees. I don't know why. I just blanked out. But this, this, this. Uh, back to the AL East. I agree with you. I believe it's the Orioles last, Red Sox. I want to say Blue Jays and Rays are going to fight for who finishes second and third, and the Yankees will come out in first. So they still might get a playoff spot if there's an expanded playoffs, but the MOPA, I believe, uh, declined. You know, the the Universal DH and expanded playoffs, but I don't know if the expanded playoffs just means what we just seen this past season or if they wanted to, you know, extend it some more. But this, uh, this MOB season is... It's shaping up to be a good one, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, um, the Met. The uh, last thing we have for today is the Mets. G, Mets fired their GM um, for sending explicit texts and images to a reporter in 2016. Uh, I'm I'm not completely sure, but I I think you probably have more information on it than I do. Exactly what kind of transpired there? Yeah. So. The Mets just hired this guy to be their GM yeah. and back in March. And he's already fired because it came out, uh, an article came out saying there was reports from a a former reporter, well, a reporter for his former team that he was coming from. Uh, I forget off the top of my head who exactly it is. I believe it was the Dodgers. Could be wrong. Um, but he's fired because he went out. And I guess the female asked for his number to obviously get some insight. Uh, and he assumed, hey, we're going on a date or, you know, we're doing some other stuff. So he sent an explicit text or image. She didn't respond. And he went ahead and sent 69 more. So, nice. <laughs> and, and, then she, and then she eventually <laughs> replied and told him, hey, you need to stop. Yeah. And I guess the reports came out about it and he 
he, you know, fessed up to it, said, yeah, I did. And new owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen, he already talked about in his intro press conference that there's no, there's no, I can't think of the word, but there's, there's, there's no opportunity to, to have that kind of stuff in that organization. He doesn't want, yeah, he doesn't want any room for it in his, in Yeah, in and I, I, I think his name is, I think he's not going to get a job anywhere after this, but I think for the Mets to make a move, it's a good time for the Mets and that organization that there's, you know, he's not going to take that, any, any anything of that nature in that organization. It's a good sign, but to me, it's questionable because this is coming from 2016. So, why didn't his former team? His form. I feel like his former team knew of it, although they came out and said they didn't. There's no way that she didn't, you know, come come forward then. Yeah, I mean, the news could have definitely have surfaced before. Uh, I mean, the the it's likely a possibility that the fact that he just now got another job it resurfaces. And obviously the Mets decided this time they maybe take action where somebody might not have uh, taken action. But clearly there's no room for you know this type of behavior in any workplace um, uh, for anyone, uh, let alone you know a female reporter who's just trying to do her job. So I mean this is that clear and cut for me. Um, if I were the Mets you know owner, I'd I'd have done the same. You know there's just no room for that type of thing in general. Um, but you have something to say. All right. So I, I got the official. So yeah, he joined his previous to the Mets, you know, taking the Mets job. He was coming from the Diamondbacks and, but when this incident happened or occurred, he was a member of the Cubs. Mm. So it said, uh, it says it was while he was working for the Cubs that Porter began texting the woman a foreign correspondent who had moved to the United States to cover Major League Baseball. After meeting her in the elevator at Yankee Stadium in 2016, the text relationship started casually before Porter began complimenting her appearance, inviting her to meet him in various cities, and asking why she was ignoring him. A copy of the text history obtained by ESPN shows she had stopped responding to Porter after he sent a photo of pants featuring a bulge in the groin area. At one point, she ignored more than 60 messages from Porter before he sent a final lewd uh, lewd photo of an erect, naked penis. After receiving the vulgar image, she responded, This is extremely inappropriate, very offensive, and getting out of line. Could you please stop sending offensive photos or messages? He later apologized in a series of text messages. He should be jailed. (laughs) After hearing that. That was very inappropriate. I mean... It was the feelings weren't mutual, obviously, um, and it, I feel like he was taking advantage of not only his uh, his role in the organization, like the power he had, but the fact that she was from another country. She so when you come, usually when people come over to another country, they like to make friends, you know, to get comfortable and situated, being that you know they're they're it's their new home and they need what her like. She's a she's a reporter. She's looking for insight. She's looking for, you know, sources. So he's a part of the team. She thought she was getting sources in terms of exchanging information. And he began to, you know, begin, begin you know, to get he was inappropriate. To a deal for himself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and 
my thing is, after the first text and no response, why send some more when she's not, you know, retaliating with, you know, her own or, you know, matching that energy? If she's not matching that energy, that's super inappropriate. I mean, if she'd even ask for the first one, why yeah, would yeah. you send it? It's it, like, it's just reading all that was very uncomfortable for me. So I can only imagine how uncomfortable it was for her to, you know, experience that. But for the Cubs not to find the story or know of the story, but ESPN is able to pull the story in minutes. It's it's pretty, you know, sketchy. I believe the Cubs knew. They just didn't want to come out and do something about it. But the Mets were willing yeah. to do it. No, definitely. Like I said, I, it's really clear-cut for me. There's really just no room for any of that um, anywhere, but specifically in this case, professional sports. Uh, especially when you have a female reporter who's just trying to do her job and kind of new around, uh, especially being from another country um, and kind of taking advantage of the fact that, you know, she's trying to not only get familiar with her her new surroundings, but, you know, further herself and her career. And you're taking advantage of that fact. So um, I'm glad the Mets did what they did. Uh, it's great to see that Steve Cohen is taking his ownership of the Mets very seriously as he has already stated in the past that he does, especially being, you know, a lifelong Mets fan. Uh, but it's good to see that he will not take any of that at all, uh, even in the slightest bit. Um, and clearly he wants to make an example of his former GM for that and saying, I'm not going to allow any of this to slide because, you know, that's how that's how things trickle down and, and people start to get away with a lot worse. Um and we really saw that already from, you know, the Washington football team uh, as well. I mean, we saw what they were getting away with. So it's good to see that he kind of nipped it in the bud right then and there. And I'm glad the story came out because not only did he get fired, but there's a lot of stories out there of women in sports who have very similar stories women as this general. one. Yeah. But they just they just haven't came forward. Um, so... With him being held accountable and being him being an example, hopefully those that are doing similar actions will soon be held accountable as well. Um, and those women that you know experience this type of stuff can feel more comfortable in stepping forward and telling okay. their story, because it's already hard for women in sports to make it. Um, we already seen how long it took for a woman to become a GM of a professional sports team. Um, so, and she was, you know, more credited than a lot of other guys that got the GM jobs before. So if it takes them that long to reach that level, imagine how long it took that woman to get there as a foreign reporter in major league baseball. And then now it's going to take her a lot longer to even advance her career some more. And guys like, this one are just, you know, creating more burdens and barriers for her Definitely. to get there. So it is just very, I just hope this opens up the door for other people to, you know, come out and tell their story. I agree. Uh, but with that being said, that is it for season two, episode six of balls deep. Um, we hope you guys enjoy listening to us. Um, if you haven't already checked it out, uh, we did have that Instagram post where we were doing our giveaway uh, over this past weekend. Um, 
by the time this is out, I'm pretty sure we might already have the winner. Uh, but we do want to thank those of you who participated, um, you know, and sh- commented uh, and, you know, shared our, our posts with your friends and kind of got us, you know, more noticed, more noticed, more views, uh, kind of spread the word of Balls Deep. Um, and in favor, obviously, we get to do this little giveaway for you guys. So, as always, we appreciate you. Uh, like, follow, subscribe on all platforms. We're everywhere. Uh, leave comments. Um, and also, you know, Expansion Pack Podcast, uh, don't stop showing them love. Go give them a follow, a like, a subscription on all platforms as well. They're really everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and our boy Don from 96 dropped his his first song on Apple Music, Nutcase. It's it's ever- now called Harv. Harv. Well, oh, my bad. Harv. Harv. Formerly known as Dom from 96. Um, <laughs> it's actually a reference in the song to that. Uh, but Nutcase is out now on all platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, uh, anywhere you can get music, really. Uh, it's also a dope song. So, you know, go show them some love. Expansion Pack Podcast and Harv as well. We'll drop the links in our descriptions as well for you guys. Devin, if you have anything to add. No, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys for participating. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, do more of this for you guys in return uh, for showing us love. We'll show love in return. Uh, so get us get us to, you know, 500 followers. Get us to 200 <laughs> followers. Just start stacking them up and we'll start stacking up them gift cards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, show some. If you, as long as you continue to show love, we'll continue to show love back. I mean, we we um, appreciate the support. So we just wanted to kind of show our appreciation to, to to you guys through a giveaway. Um, obviously, we can do more of that. Um, the bigger we grow, the really the larger we can kind of you know give back to the people who support us and listen to our podcast and really just enjoy sports with us. Um, and really genuinely appreciate hearing our points of view. And for sure, and for, to the winner, who is currently <laughs> unknown at this time, uh, we'll be you know announcing the winner. We're recording this what Monday. We'll be we'll be announcing the winner very soon. So um, hey, congrats to you, and uh, make sure to check out you know our next giveaway whenever that happens. But check us out on our next episode. And until next time, peace. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.